We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show. Live on this Monday evening with you. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 92.9 The Game. Hit me up at JMCH316. This, of course, tonight look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. Jalen Mayfield was back at practice today, so he was um, he was back, and um, for whatever that means, I'll be curious to see if he starts on Friday or not, right? So far, Wilkinson's been the guy who uh, has started uh, everything. Data, do you need a copy of this? Uh, or you got them all in there? Okay. Um, but we'll see if he starts on Friday or not. That'll give you a pretty good tell. I, I would guess no, because here's the other thing, too. We got basically confirmation from from the Falcons and Lions both that they're going to play their starters. Dan Campbell said he's going to play his starters a quarter, and he said he talked with Arthur Smith, who had planned on playing his starters. So I would expect we're going to get some, you know, some action out of the starters. Obviously a whole new world with only three games in the preseason now. You have to evaluate things quicker. And when you're the Falcons right now and you have this many positions up for grabs, you can't worry about injury and things like that. What I mean by that is you have to play your starters. You have to play guys and figure out who is going to start for you. You can't monkey around with it. You're going to have to play your guys and get some evaluation. More than just seven-on-seven in training camp or a one-on-one drill or whatever, you got to line up against guys with a different colored hat and let it loose and, and turn it on and let it fly. And that's what we'll see on Friday. I'm Look, I'm very excited for Falcons preseason, mostly because I'm just tired of camp and everything, right? I'm tired of all of that. I'm tired of just, you know, going through all these practices and stuff. It's, it's the necessary evil, right? But I want to see different colored hats, and I want to see us hit somebody with a different colored hat on. And let's start to sort out who stays, who goes, who starts, who doesn't, who backs up, this, that, and the other. With this many positions up for grabs, you know, we got to figure some things out, right? And to me, again, it starts with the offensive line. Now, top of the next hour, we're going to open up the phone lines to you because I want to know what players you're keeping your eye on Friday. So we'll do that coming up at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. But I'm ready, and I'm excited for Falcons preseason. Let's get here. Let's get this thing going. 
Let's get a move on. Let's get into some NFL football. Let's get into regular season. We got college football coming up here before the end of the month as well. So, of course, we'll have all your coverage right here on 92 on the game. So, um, we'll see what happens. But it sounds like both teams going to play starters coming up on Friday. And, you know, we'll, we'll get a chance to look at who right now that they're looking at is going to be in that starting lineup for us. Um, the Falcons have signed former tight end, or sorry, former Titans tight end, uh, Michael Pruitt, M-Y, and then C-O-L-E, Pruitt. Last year, 14 catches for 145 yards and three touchdowns. Can I tell you, that's not a bad set of numbers. Could Felipe Franks give that to me? 14 catches on 18 targets, average a first down and pick up three touchdowns. Could Felipe Franks do that at tight end for this team? Now, Randy Mack laughed at me when I said 25 catches. All right, maybe that was a little bit rich, okay? But if you if, if I said that Felipe Franks gave us 14 catches, scored three touchdowns, averaged more than a first down per reception, would you take that? I would. I would. Yeah. I, w- I definitely yeah. would. Yeah, I'll take 14 catches for a buck 45. With three touchdowns, I'll take that all day long from a guy who's my second or third tight end at this point because you're not going to ask him to block. You know he's coming in to try to catch the football. He's not going to block out there unless he wants to get run over. And he's not your number one. I take that all day long out of him. So we'll see. He's another guy that I'm very interested to see. He's had a really good camp. And just watching him out there at practice, he's had a really good camp. And he's done a lot to raise, raise his stock. And I give him all the credit in the world. He's literally switching positions at the NFL level. This isn't beer league. You know, we talk about this all the time in baseball. It's not beer league softball. It's not easy to just change positions and go start playing somewhere else where you haven't played before. So the fact that he's done this and going to make the team and could potentially contribute, I give him all the credit in the world. And what do I say all the time? Being in the NFL is better than not being in the NFL. Getting an NFL paycheck on the active roster is better than being cut and trying to find your way, hopefully, in the league somewhere or in the XFL or whatever. So I give him all the credit in the world. He's another guy I want to see on Friday, see if they target him in the offense. All right, let's get to some uh, audio from today. Let's start with the head coach, Arthur Smith, and what he's looking for in this first preseason game. Yeah, just, you know, see these guys come out here and execute uh, against a different team scheme. You know, uh, things you try to simulate in practice that you can't simulate in the games. You know, the, the liveness of the, of the pocket, the quarterback, um, you know, tackling, all the stuff you want to see. Yeah, hitting somebody. Different colored hat. To, to, if I could steal a line from the great Bo Bach, line up against somebody with a different colored hat and knock his dung in the dirt. That's what I want to see. I want to see them hit somebody who doesn't have a Falcon jersey or pads or helmet or a face mask or anything that says Falcons on it. Hit somebody different. Here is uh, Arthur Smith talking about the defensive backs and their communication. It's good. You can't get enough of that. There's different situations you throw at them. And it's important those guys communicate. So we're working a couple different things. Uh, Got some young guys, some more reps today, especially in the – team periods and it was, it was fun to watch them and I'm excited to go look at the film and see there's, there's a guy that flashes every day especially up front on both sides 
Well, look, defensive back is definitely one of the strengths of the Falcons team. It's definitely one of the positions where it's a position of strength. I love the two starters. We'll see what Isaiah Oliver looks like in nickel coming off injury and things like that. But I love Hayward, and obviously I love A.J. Terrell. So we'll see what they look like. You know, maybe not so much this week, but obviously as we get in the regular season, that's going to be one of the positions of strength for the Atlanta Falcons. All right, here's Arthur talking about Jalen Mayfield taking a day-to-day to see how he responds. You know, I, I, this one will probably be, let's assess, you know, we're going to get back after tomorrow. We'll be in pads tomorrow and Wednesday and grind it pretty good here with some training camp practices, and so we'll see how it responds. I think that's probably the, the best realistic answer I can give you. Joe Patrick brought this up the other day when we had him on and interviewed him, that Mayfield might be playing for a roster spot. Would they cut him? I don't, I don't think they would cut him. I don't, I don't, I think he's on the team. I don't think he's going to start. I don't think he's going to start, but I think he's on the team. If they cut him, what does that tell you? Does that confirm everything that I told you for a year? Hot take freaky. I mean, look, <laughs> let, let's be honest. He grades out as arguably the worst interior offensive lineman in the entire of the NFL. Yeah. I mean, all the metrics tell you that he's the worst that there is as an interior offensive lineman. The sacks given up, the amount of pressures he gives up, the amount of penalties that he, he has. He Every metric you look at puts him at the very bottom of the NFL for interior offensive linemen. That's why I said, will it be better year over year? Yeah, because you can't be worse. I mean, you literally can't be worse. If you're the worst offensive lineman in the league, you can't be worse than that. Unless there's some new guys that come into the league and try to take your spot over, which just by attrition would mean you're better, right? But I don't think they would cut Mayfield. I think he's on the roster. What his role is, again, a swing interior offensive lineman for whatever all that uh, is worth. Here's Arthur talking about uh, he likes um, players who have survived failures. I, I like the guys that can handle failure. And they go let them play through some stuff and see if they get it fixed. I mean, when you make these early narratives on guys, uh, some of them are just asinine. You know, I've seen great players. They struggle early on, and then they're able to go through it. Like I, with the quarterbacks. You know, your competition going on in, in practice, and hey, the first couple plays don't go your way. I want to see how they respond. Can I tell you, a coach would love me? That's all I do is fail. That, that's, that's, the, that, that's the title of my book, Failed Again. Him and I would get along swimmingly. All right, let's hear from D'Angelo Malone talking about the differences playing at the NFL level versus at Western Kentucky. I probably would say, um, you know, Western, I was dub team a lot. But um, here it's more like one-on-ones, big on big. But uh, I probably would say, like, guys are more, like, stronger. So, you know, just adjusting to the, the speed and uh, just matching the intensity. Yeah, I, I would guess at Western Kentucky he did not see a whole lot of starting NFL caliber defensive or offensive lineman, right? Probably didn't see a lot of starting right tackles in the NFL at Western Kentucky. Not a knock against them. Just the reality of, of who you play of against, Who they right? play, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, here's D'Angelo Moe talking about going against bigger offensive linemen in the NFL and how technique is even more important. Most definitely. Uh, and my whole thing is, you know, uh, it's technique over anything. Uh, as long as you got the right technique, you know, there should be no reason why you should have you, like, be the tackle, you know. Yeah, just like that. Well, look, um, ask Chuck Smith about having your technique and, and everything, right? 
You won't succeed in the NFL without it. Ask Hugh Douglas. You won't succeed. I mean, there are a few guys that are just freaks of nature that can just do what have you. But you have to have better technique. That's the thing about the NFL game that I love so much is the skill and ability of the guys that play the game. Because you can't replicate that anywhere on planet Earth. The, the skill level of the NFL players, from linemen to receivers to quarterbacks to running backs, their ability and skill level is unprecedented and off the chart, unlike anything else in the world. You can't replicate NFL football. All right, let's hear from Grady Jarrett talking about generating a better pass rush this year. Looking back on it, you know, there were some opportunities there where we uh, had as a group. We let them off the hook a couple times. We had a couple free hitters on some blitzes a couple times and then just getting everybody on the same page. But, you know, the most important thing right now is looking forward to this whole new group of guys and making the best thing we got with this unit, and we're excited for this year. Well, look, again, you can't be worse than 18 sacks. And don't tell me 17 because I I can't even imagine you could only get 18 sacks. You think you would dumb your way into that. But, look, it's – it's, it's huge, and, and they got to get this thing cranked up on that side of the football. Here's uh, Grady talking about it's a motivated defensive line group. You know, just with this group we got now, we're excited about, you know, what's to come in the pass rush and for the whole defense, and uh, I think it's going to be some good football out there. And, um, you know, we're tuning up, ready to go, motivated to get to the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, look, um, they don't have a lot settled around Grady himself. So, you know, that's another thing to be watching out for this this uh, Friday night is what do they look like around Grady? What are they going to look like around him? Here's uh, Grady talking about how the preseason will tell us a lot about that defensive line. Uh, I think everybody working, working well together as a group. I think the games will tell a lot for uh, a lot of guys and, you know, we're getting their first NFL action and some that they first action with the Falcons and, you know, under coach P's and stuff like that. So, and every year is a new year. So I'm excited. Yeah, look, I mean, there are more questions than answers right now for the group of defensive linemen, both on the outside for their outside linebackers and for the interior of their defensive line. It's why I keep saying I, I wish we'd go get Sheldon Richardson or Ndamukong Sue or Corey Peters or one of those guys or Danny Shelton or one of those guys. Give me one more of those at least veteran NFL bodies. You're going to rotate those guys in and out anyway. Give me one more of those veteran NFL bodies and let me have them in here. We got some money. Let's go spend it. I hope they're not going to hang on to a whole bunch of cash going into the regular season, but we'll see. I know they're waiting for guys to get cut. That's the other thing, too. I understand all that. But still, you know, again, get guys in now. Let's, let's evaluate now. Preseason's here, man. Let's evaluate guys now. There are some options that are out there. All right, when we come back, Mike Griffin from uh, Dog Nation joined our morning show, Freaky and Hugh, earlier today. What he had to say as – Georgia's open up their fall camp uh, as well. Not long before we get into college football season as well. Chuck, we're hanging out in the Kia Studios. Sports waiting after the game. Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio Nights in the Game. Back at the John Chuckery Show, live in the Key Studios, Monday night with you. 404-741-0929, Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Honestly, absolutely catch on the go. Social media is at Nights on the Game, at JMCH316. Uh, 1040 tonight, I'm going to talk about the Lex Luger, uh, the latest WWE on A&E bio that they did. This was fantastic. This might be the best one I've seen out of all of them. I think we talked about that a while back that we said that would be one we'd want to see. Yes, and I will give them credit. They, it wasn't all fluff. It wasn't a complete fluff piece. So uh, it was excellent. We'll talk about that coming up at 1040 um, this evening. No real surprise here. The Mets are up 3-1 to in the fifth inning on the uh, god-awful, dreadful, low-life, pawn-scum Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Bassett's pitching four innings, four hits, and run. Three strikeouts, no walks. 51 pitches in four innings. So Mets are up 3-1 to one right now as they look to pick up a half game on the Braves, who, of course, have the night off, and they get ready to go up to Boston and play the last place Boston Red Sox, right? And then you're going to play the god-awful, pond-scum, low-life, dirtbag, fleabag Miami Marlins out there. Yeah, but those teams beat it. No, they don't. They don't. Anyway, all right, uh, earlier today on uh, Freaky and Hugh, they uh, had Mike Griffith on from uh, Dog Nation talking about the, the Georgia Bulldogs, and, of course, they're in fall camp right now. And the guy started off by asking what's been the most impressive thing thus far. Well, you know, from a performance standpoint, not much because we just kind of see the warm-up, you know, the throwing, playing catch, nobody really playing defense, nobody tackling. We, we've seen a few clips that Georgia's put out. Um, but I think more than anything, the tone is probably my biggest takeaway. I mean, you know, Kirby is on that microphone every day, calling guys' names out, you know, making sure everybody's going a hundred percent, making sure there's no slippage, making sure that the bar stays set high. I mean, that's kind of what separates Georgia. I mean, there's nobody on the team that shouldn't be on the team. It's not like that. I mean, everybody's, everybody's fit, everybody's ready, but, but Kirby wants these guys I mean, like every move, he wants to be 100. Or, or he calls them out publicly so that, you know, the teammates or I guess in the time the media is in there for the media to hear it. So we, we all know that um, we all know that Georgia plans on staying at a championship level. Like Kirby said, they didn't, they didn't build this thing to be one-hit wonders. Talking with uh, Mike Griffith, he's got a big uh, article up about uh, Eric Gilbert and his ability to impact this team from the tight end position, and I know, Mike, it's a little bit of hyperbole, but maybe it's not. Uh, over the last decade or so, the the school that's had the best tight ends, uh, probably historically, has been Iowa, 
But I think Georgia's tight end room this year with Bowers, Washington, and Gilbert might just be the best tight This is the hyperbole part. Might just be the best tight end room in the history of the game, considering in the history of the game, considering that all three are potentially top ten picks in the draft. Yeah, and throw Oscar Delp in there as well, and you know Brett Seether. I mean, they got some. You know Ryan Gold. They got some dudes. I mean, their tight ends room. To your point, I mean, looks like you know a group of superheroes or something. I mean, Eric Eric Gilbert is so impressive, guys. I got to tell you. You know, when you're a guy like Eric Gilbert with the skills that he has and the athleticism that he has, um, pass catching, route running, I mean, if if Kirby stays on this guy, which Kirby does to the best players on the team, this guy's a first-round pick. I mean, it it ain't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, you wait until the next draft, and Eric gets it done, which I think he will, I mean, you're, you're going to see that he's going to be starting for somebody's fantasy football team next year. And he may not even be the best tight end on the team. I, are well, you going to see sets? Are you, are you going to see sets where you have Gilbert or Washington kind of tight and they split uh, Bowers out a little bit to try to take advantage of that? You're going to have sets where you got Gilbert and Bowers split out in Washington and tight. I mean, I don't know who you got to cover Eric Gilbert and Brock Bowers. These guys – I mean, Gilbert goes about 254, and Bowers is about 235, 240, and real, real fast, receiver speed. And I, I just don't know how you match up. You know, I just – I really don't. I mean, you know, Stetson's numbers are going to be great. I mean, just throw the seven-yard pass, and the guy runs 30. I mean, it's it's a high-percentage pass with a lot of run after the catch. and Or if they, or if they do put too many – then you just throw that little eight-yard pass to the running back out of the backfield on a little swing, and he goes. Uh, or you go play action and, and throw the shot play downfield, and you got man coverage on the outside, real high percentage pass. I mean, I think the Georgia pass game numbers are going to be stupid again this year because these guys are basically mismatches. So how long do you think it's going to take for, for Georgia to figure out those guard spots, though, or they're still unsettled on the offensive line? There's no rush. They got they got four good candidates. I mean, you know, spin you know spin the dial. You know, you can't go wrong with any of them. I mean, you want competition. I don't think you want to figure it out, right? Mm. I don't think you want to tell a guy who's a starter and who's not a starter. I mean, you know, it affects how guys prepare. So you want to keep these competitions open, really into the season, ideally. I mean, there's gotcha. a few spots you want. I mean, you want your quarterback to be named so everybody knows who the leader is. The way Munkin does it, there's really no competition there. You know, Stetson's the guy. He's going to get, you know, the vast majority of the reps with the one. So even if even if Vandergriff or somebody was, you know, you're not going to get the reps to show it. So you're going to you kind of got to wait your turn, make the most of what you got, and then wait your wait your turn. It's like the NFL. I mean, <laughs> competition doesn't mean everybody gets the same number of reps. That ain't how it works at quarterback. Uh, I think Is you got to be competition, a- huh? I would just a quarterback. Is there going to be a clear number two? You think come out of camp? Yeah, it's back. I mean, Beck's the number two. You saw it in the spring game. I mean, he's got a year more experience. He knows more of the offense. Um, you know, so that's yeah. I mean, that's the pecking order. Talking with, of course, Mike Griffith of Dog Nation, senior writer for DogNation dot com. Talking UGA twenty six days away from. Georgia and Oregon as the season draws closer. One of the things we were talking about earlier, CBS laid out this thing where uh, here's the team that you're not looking at that could be the undervalued team 
to, to win its conference title. And CBS said in the SEC that it was Florida, which is, you know, fine. I think there are a lot of different answers. Uh, but, you know, I don't, don't you get a sense here that after Alabama and Georgia, that when you're looking at Kentucky and Tennessee and South Carolina and Florida in the east, we'll just focus on that. Forget about the west. Everybody's great. That they're just going to gobble each other up and there's going to be a lot of just cannibalism between those teams? Uh, there is every year. I, I don't know how they come up with Florida, though. That's I know they got a guy there that, you know, I don't know. I mean, you can say what you want. Florida's a big state with a lot of media people in it. Um, I don't know how Florida's undervalued guys. I mean, you got a first-year coach. You don't got many skill position guys. And, um, you don't like that defense I, I, at Florida, though? You don't like the defense? I mean – I don't know. That's a no. I, that's that's I, a no. I, I, I don't know. Didn't they? What was it? I got to remind. Didn't they lose to Central Florida? And Central. I mean, Florida. Florida got trashed at the end of last year. I mean, look. I I think every, you got to judge every team for itself. And who knows? Maybe maybe they know mm-hmm. something we don't. But I don't know how you can say they're undervalued. I mean, all I've heard about is. I mean, does any program talk more than Florida? I mean, damn, guys. I mean, how much Florida can we can we hear in the state of Georgia? I mean, does Florida ever shut up? They were bad last year, and now you're going to tell me they're undervalued? Do something first. I mean, if you win your, you know, win a couple games, beat Utah, then maybe we'll talk about Florida being undervalued. But I mean, my God, the humidity in the South and Florida football fans—it's almost too much sometimes. I love it, John. I know. Well, I, mean, I, don't listen, get, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. I, 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 you know, I, I don't know who's going to be the, 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 the other team here in, in, in the SEC besides Alabama and Georgia. You have literally everybody from Missouri and Vanderbilt can make the case that they're going to be the other team. You know, A&M ever gets a quarterback, uh, you know, maybe that'll be the case. I, I don't know. I, but I don't know what to make of the new coaches either. I mean, uh, Billy Napier in Florida and, of course, Brian Kelly at LSU, the, you know, two great programs. But, you know, whenever you put in a new coach, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work right away. So, uh, especially with a with a new quarterback at LSU. Uh, so well, I mean, I, that's I like know. saying I don't know about the Hyundai or the Mercedes in the neighborhood. But <laughs> I mean, look, Billy Napier might end up being a, a great bargain getting a guy out of Louisiana that's never been a Power Five coach. But Brian Kelly's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. I mean, I think going in, I don't think we're insulting anybody here to suggest that Brian Kelly has more qualification. Now, maybe again. You know, maybe maybe that Hyundai turns out to be a better car than the Mercedes. But on the surface, Brian Kelly is the more polished and more, uh, you know, accomplished coach. So, I mean, you know, why why we have to make excuses? And I, I just don't understand it. And don't get me wrong, I've been covering college football a long time, guys. I've been doing it almost 30 years, and I've got as much respect and appreciation for Florida football as anybody. I mean, Florida, the nineties, they dominated. It was a great program. Urban Meyer, uh, Tim Tebow was fantastic. Tim Tebow, still one of my favorite people on the planet. and One of the best college football players I've ever seen. And, and I'm high on Anthony Richardson. I like this kid. I, I think he's grown a lot and everything I'm hearing is that he's really good. But I mean, I wake up on a Monday morning and we're talking football in Atlanta and somehow Florida football comes out of somebody's mouth. When you got the defending national champs here, I just don't understand it. You're gonna have to explain it, John. Well, you know what? I, well, well, with that being said, Mike, I'm gonna really like like grind your gears a little bit because I have a question about Nick Saban and his comments about their rebuilding year. How did you feel about those? Well, I think he's right. I think it was a rebuilding year. I, I think just like I think this is a rebuilding year for Georgia. I mean, Georgia just lost 15 guys to the NFL draft and five first round draft picks, including the Outland Trophy winner. 
in the Butkus winner. And, and you don't just, you know, stick new guys in and expect them. You know, but last year, Alabama lost six first-round draft picks. And what they have, like, three of the top five Heisman Trophy vote-getters or something like that? So, yeah, I mean, by Alabama standards, that is a, a, re, a rebuild. Now, what I would say is this for the Georgia fans that need to act like they've been there. Nick Saban didn't say that right after the game. Nick Saban didn't say that a month after. He said it at the beginning of this year, comparing this year to last year. And it, and, it, and it's okay. College football is cyclical, man. I mean, sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Georgia's been through it before. Georgia's had, you know, years they've rebuilt, and then they've had veteran teams that we expected to do a lot. I mean, that's just the nature of the game. Nobody needs to, you know, feel slighted or, or feel like somehow that takes away from what last year's team accomplished. It doesn't. You know, you're judged by how you do against your contemporaries. And last year, Georgia was the best team in college football, and they won the title. You know what? In 2017, Georgia was the best team in college football, and they didn't win the title. All right? But last year, they did. Kirby got it done. We're talking about five straight top seven finishes. But you got to tip your cat to Nick, Nick Saban, and if you don't, you're just being ignorant. The guy's what? Won six national titles there at, at Alabama. I think Kirby was part of four of them, by the way. So your head coach here at Georgia had a lot to do with that. But Saban is the best coach uh, of this current era. I don't know that I'd rate him number one right now. I think right now Kirby Smart's number one because Kirby Smart won the title. Kirby Smart produced the most professional players in the draft. And Kirby Smart's the highest paid coach in college football. So Kirby Smart's number one right now. But if you want to go of, of, the, of the current era of the last five or two, it's Nick Saban. I mean, the guy wins year in and year out. So – I thought that was a gross over-exaggeration, and if you're a Georgia fan upset about it, you're setting yourself up because this is a rebuild. And if your team gets it done and plays in the national championship this year, then Kirby Smart should be the coach of the year. And if your team loses two or three games and you call it a rebuild, you're going to have a lot of people calling you out. But this is a rebuild for Georgia. Make no mistake about it, Kirby's had to reload, right? And in in the process of reloading, you're rebuilding your roster and rebuild your coaching staff because you lost four out of your ten assistant coaches. 26 days away to Georgia and Oregon at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Mike Griffith, senior writer at Dog Nation. You can check him out at dognation.com. Thanks, Mike. You're the man, Mike. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. John Chuckery will be back. Sports right now to the game in the Odyssey.com app. Always like seeing our guy Kevin Egan on uh, Raw. Always good stuff there. Glad to see he's a part of all of that. Chuck, we're back here in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92 on the game. <clears throat> hey, uh, all the sports music news and podcasts you want are all for free on the Odyssey app. Download it today. And don't forget, dive in the history and culture of baseball's unofficial rulebook with unwritten, a new podcast hosted by former players Ron Darling and Jimmy Rollins. This week, How to Treat Rookies with Albert Pujols. Uh, download Unwritten for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from. We'll get to What's Bugging Chuckery here in uh, in just a minute or two. Uh, if you missed our conversation with Amy Dash earlier on in the show, we'll replay that coming up in about an hour from right now. Top of the hour, we are going to open up the phone lines because I'm going to ask you what players that you are going to have your eye on for the Falcons coming up on Friday. Obviously, we have... Falcons football finally getting going. Preseason will start on Friday. 
Don't forget, it's a pregame at 4 o'clock with a 6 o'clock kick right here in your home of the Falcons, 92.9 the game. And you've got still tomorrow and Wednesday, you've got Freaky and Hugh, Steak and Sandra, Andy and Randy, everybody out at Falcons training camp. And then, of course, Dukes and Bell are going to be at the Hooters up in Buford up there at the Mall of Georgia, which kind of become their home away from home uh, here over these last uh, couple of weeks and such like that. So, And I do believe, um, I still need the details on all this, but I do believe that I am going to be broadcasting for Mercedes-Benz a week from tonight when the Falcons have their open practice there. That's you got to get your $5 tickets online, LandonFalcons.com. Get your $5 ticket there. But um, I do believe that I will be at Mercedes-Benz Stadium broadcasting that night. So are you uh, are you producing the show, Day-Day? Uh, I did not see myself on there. I believe that will be Dylan. Whoa. Who died? <laughs> Somebody quit? Did we have somebody quit the station or something like that? He's producing on his Monday. Anyway, so, yeah, look, football season is officially here, right? I know we don't have any real results or anything like that yet, but football season is officially here. So we get it cranked up and going. And, uh, you know, listen, I'm, <clears throat> I understand it's a necessary evil. I'm ready for camp to break, and let's get this thing going. Now, don't forget, too, next Friday we start a high school football show, Data. You're going to be a part of all that, right? That's correct. Will you, be, will you be mixed up as far as producing in here? Or are you going to be doing all the field work and reporting? I'll be on the field. I'll be in the okay. field. Yep. And then uh, so that's next Friday and on Saturday we'll yeah, be we got Corky, uh, Corky, we got Corky Kel, Kel all day. So Saturday. I'll be yep. sideline reporting from the first game, which will be McEachern and North Gwinnett. Yeah, so we'll have that. we'll have all of your games starting at uh, starting at ten o'clock. Uh, actually, we'll have four games uh, on um, because. Uh, yep. I, uh, is there another game after the Marietta Grayson? No, that'll game? be the last That's game. The last they okay, they right. they cut out the fifth game. They okay, used to good. do five games. Yeah, because but they they'd cut be on till ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night. No, though. they'd be on till about it'd be like midnight, yeah. one o'clock before yeah, it, you it, got it out of there. Be, it would be late yeah. that they would get done. So yeah, we'll actually have preseason NFL football on late Saturday. But don't forget, we got the Corky Kell Classic right here on ninety two nine. The game, so we got all four games starting at ten o'clock. Uh, we got a lot going on. We got a lot of stuff. Change around, you know, we're almost at the point where we're just about ready for college football game time, which will be on Saturdays from 8 to, uh, what? what is it, 8 to noon this year. It'll be myself, Chris Goforth, Randy will be with us for half the show. So we got the band back together. So we got a lot of stuff going on football coverage-wise. Me and Hugh are going to be on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays or whenever Falcons play, we'll be on the Wade Ford Tailgate Show with Hugh Douglas and myself. So excited about all that. Can I tell you? That the best part about going to Steve Ewing's tailgate out there at Wade Fort, the food. The man. food, yep. Oh, the man. food. <laughs> oh man, burgers and fried chicken and I mean that guy that they got cooking that stuff, he does an outstanding Kinley's. job. I believe they use Kinley's. He's yes, actually got a restaurant right. yes. uh, over in the uh, yes because well, they used... cater the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the last time I saw Steve Ewing. He handed me a bottle of Uncle Nearest, and that bottle and I became real good friends. Yeah, yeah. For, I still have a little bit of my bottle left. Uh, I think that it. Well, I know I don't have anything of mine left. <laughs> I think I think by I think by Valentine's Day, I think my bottle was done and, and toast. So anyway, looking forward to getting back and seeing Steve and and the whole crew. And again, I've said, you know, I hope this is not one of those really rugged years where it's just, you know, we're two and fifteen or something crazy like that. But. We will see. Uh, that's why they play the games. All right, speaking of playing, let's get to something we call What's Bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Okay, 
let me ask you a question. Let me ask everybody here in the audience, in your car, whatever. Is there any human being within the sound of my voice that doesn't know or understand that Pete Rose personally is a low-life dirtbag? Does anybody not know that? Is there any human being that can hear my voice right now that doesn't know or understand that Pete Rose is a lowlife as a person? Everybody knows this, right? So over the weekend, the Phillies had their 40th anniversary of the 1980 World Series championship team, right? Whatever it is, 42 or 40-some years ago, whatever it is at this point, okay? Their night, they had their celebration, okay? Pete Rose was a part of it. They gave him a standing ovation. But because we have the media today, Alex Coffey, who is, I guess, a reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer. I don't even know. I don't care, to be honest with you. Alex Coffey started, and, and this whole thing blew up on Twitter over the weekend. Quote, I asked Pete Rose what he would say to people who say his presence here sends a negative message to women. His response, quote, no, I'm not here to talk about that. Sorry about that. It was 55 years ago, babe. And people got all offended and everything like that. Because he called babe. He didn't acknowledge her because he wouldn't talk about, you know, the uh, alleged um, inappropriate sex that he had with a minor. Right? Here's the thing. And then she went on because she asked him more and more and more and more. As if he was going to say something. Let, let me help Alex Coffey out. If you're really interested in getting to a story. Okay? If you're really interested in getting a story then why don't you go ask the Philadelphia Phillies who invited him there? Why don't you ask all of his teammates why they wanted him there? Because every one of his teammates was asked about, do you want Pete Rose there? The Phillies went to Schmidt and Carlton and all these guys and said, do you want Pete Rose there? And you know what they all said? Yes. He was part of that team. He was our teammate. We want him there. Philadelphia wanted him there. Why don't you ask them? Pete didn't show up randomly on his own to the stadium and, hey, can I come in? Hey, will anybody open up the, hey, can you guys unlock the door? Hey, I was part of this team. Can you unlock the door? That's not how this went down. But again, we have to bring this stuff up. I don't know if Pete Rose is guilty or not guilty. I know Pete Rose has very little morals, and he's a dirtbag. He probably did something inappropriate. Okay, then take him to court, convict him, and put him in jail. At 81 years old, stick him in a prison. Put him in the hooskow. I don't care. You think I give a damn if Pete Rose dies in prison for his past transgressions? Otherwise, let's get past all this asking these questions because we're a journalist. Uh, and she's all mad because he called a babe. Because Pete Rose is a low life. Hello? Alex, you've been out in the universe at all around Pete Rose? She lives in Philadelphia. She writes for the Philadelphia paper. You couldn't have asked anybody and understood all this? But we have to, oh, we have to have our integrity, and we have to make sure we ask the question. Why? 
Why? There are some things that you already know going in, but you wanted to make a point. You want to be part of the story. Oh, no, I didn't want to do that. And he called me babe. Of course, because he's a low life. Hello? When has Pete Rose ever been the moral high ground on anything? Ever. I'm 50 years old, okay? How long you think I've been around watching Pete Rose? Longer than Alex Coffey, I can tell you that. And you don't know this? And you think you're some martyr now? And the people on Twitter that held her up as some martyr, oh, how could he talk to her? Because it's what Pete Rose does. He's a lowlife. At 81 years old, he's not going to change. You can ask him all the questions in the world. You can ratio him on Twitter and do all those things. You know what's not going to change, Pete Rose? Who doesn't understand this? Who doesn't get this? What part of this do you not get and understand? He's a low-life dirtbag. He's always been that way. He shows up at the Hall of Fame during the weekend and has his signed autograph sessions and makes money off it. You know what else he goes out and does? He goes to Vegas and he signs autographs and stuff there. He signs the Dowd Report for money. You think Pete Rose gives a damn or has any morals or any scruples whatsoever? None. Zero. He's never had it. He never had it. He never will. It's what he is, folks. But I know Alex Coffey is going to be the bastion of women and this, that, and the other. Ask the, ask the Phillies. They invited him. Ask Schmidt and Carlton and all those guys. Gary Maddox, Bake McBride. I'll go through that whole damn team. I'll give you the whole damn roster. Lazinski, Bob Boone. I'll give you the Larry Boa. I'll give you the whole damn team because I watched him play. I bet you Alex Coffey didn't watch a damn game with the Philadelphia Phillies in 1980. I watched, I watched that team in the World Series against the Kansas City Royals. Everybody knows this. Those guys all wanted him there. The Philadelphia Phillies invited him there. You think they don't know and understand what a low-life dirtbag he is? Of course. You know why? Because everybody knows this. You don't think his teammates don't know what a low-life dirtbag he is? Of course. Everybody knows this. Except Alex Coffey, who's now a martyr, and now she's a hero. She's not a martyr or a hero. When you ask the obvious and you don't get the... What did she think Pete was going to say? Yeah, I feel bad about being here. That's why I showed up. Of course not. He wants every ounce of spotlight and fame and celebrity he can get. He takes every bit of it that he can get. Everybody knows what a low-life dirtbag he is. Everybody, literally every person on the planet understands this, that has any monicum about sports or history or breathing oxygen on earth over the last half century. And then, you know, she had to go back and ask, when asked about our interaction earlier, uh, Rose said, I'm going to tell you one more time. I'm here for the Philly fans. I'm here for my teammates. I'm here for the Phillies organization. And who cares about what happened 50 years ago? You weren't even born, so you shouldn't be talking about it because you weren't born if you don't know a damn thing about it, then don't talk about it. Oh, how could Pete say this? He's being mean to her. 
Of course, because he's a low-life dirtbag. Hello? Hello, McFly? Anybody home? Is this on? Is this on? You didn't? Alex Coffey, who writes for the Philadelphia whatever, isn't smart enough to understand the response that he was going to give her? Go watch his reality show. Go watch the interviews that he's done. He's always been this way. He denied his gambling for, what, 25 years? He denied it until there was money to be made in it, huh? And then when he could make money and write a book and everything, it's, well, I'm sorry. Hey, I, I effed up. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me now? Because he wants to be in the Hall of Fame. And he wants to do it before he dies. Let's stop making some of these people out because they're journalists to be martyrs. I don't care if she is a woman. That has no effect on intelligence or anything when doing these things. If Alex Coffey isn't savvy enough, street smart, book smart enough to understand that Pete Rose is a low-life dirtbag. Do you understand what I'm saying? Day-Day, are my words being confused right now about what Pete Rose is? He's a low-life dirtbag. He's always been that way. Always. He was that way in Cincinnati. He was that way in Philadelphia. I understand that. I don't write for the Philadelphia paper, but I sure as hell know what Pete Rose is. I know what his rep is. I've talked to people who know Pete Rose. Everybody knows this except Alex Coffey, who got her Twitter followers all upset because he called her babe. Of course, because that's how Pete Rose is. At 81 years old, this is Pete Rose. Finished product, Pete Rose. Miss me with the feeling bad for Alex Coffey nonsense. She makes It's like... Do you remember, who was the guy at the All-Star game? The NBC reporter. Oh, God. What's the guy's? Jim Gray. Jim Gray made Pete Rose look sympathetic because of his questions when they had the anniversary. Remember the anniversary team? Yeah. The MasterCard 100-year anniversary team or whatever it was? Yeah. They made him look like a sympathetic figure. That's what Alex Coffey is doing here. If you stop doing that, he won't look like a sympathetic figure. But we got to make sure we get our quotes on Twitter and we get our tweets and we get our likes and our retweets and everything else. And now look at me. I'm a martyr. You ain't crap. And that's what's bugging Chuck Reed. All right, 404-741-0929. We are opening up the phone lines. What Falcons players are you keeping your eye on this coming Friday in preseason game one? 404-741-0929. Daddy's back behind the glass. He'll answer your phone calls. We'll talk him, talk about Falcons and take your calls next. Chuck Green, the Key Studio, Sports Radio, the Game, Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 